It's Friday night and the mood is right. We're gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, DGIF. Welcome to week number 176 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. Hey there, Steve. There's Travis. Um, That's me. We watched some TGIF this week. Uh, half oh. a week, kind of, of TGIF. Full week, half an episode. Half an episode, half of a show today. Uh, we will talk about that. But before we do, thank you to Tazos for the theme song this week. Thanks, Tazos. And if you want to send in a version of your... If you want to send in your version of that theme song, you can do that. Uh, email it over to us, tgifcast at gmail.com. We will listen to it, and then we will play it, whether it's great or whether it's Tazos's. I'm, I'm just kidding. His is great. They're all great. Anyone who's taking the time to do this is a great, great human being. Yes, that's correct. Uh, make sure you're also following us on all social media at TGIFCast. I feel like I sound stuffy today, but we will, we will get through it. We'll push through. Push, we'll push through. through. And, um, yeah, we do like to go see, like, what was going on in the world 30 years ago when these episodes would have aired. Because all these episodes that we watch, it's 30 years after they air. No difference this week. We've got two of them. We're yep. going to watch them. We already watched them. We're going to talk about them. But uh, these episodes would have aired, uh, what's the exact date in 93? These were aired uh, Friday, January 29th, 1993. All right. So I pulled a few things for uh, what was going on that week back in 93. All right, all uh, right. Mostly entertainment news. Um, Good. The uh, 23rd of January in 93 was the 50th annual 5-0 Golden Globe Awards. And, okay. And uh, they did, I don't, did, did they still do TV and movies in the Golden Globes? I guess they do, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Roseanne was more popular than TGIF back then. I'm just going to say Not that. surprising. So Roseanne won the best uh, comedy or musical series. Um. Let's look at these nominees. Do we have any TGIF in here? Not there. Not there. It's not looking good. TGIF people. Um, oh, no. Will Smith. He wasn't TGIF. Not there. This isn't looking good. Nope. Nope. nope I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing anything. Nope. No one from TGIF, not even a best supporting actress for uh, somebody. I don't know who would have gotten it, but that's a shame. <sighs> yeah, Seinfeld, not even a presenter. Not Seinfeld even a, was out. Not back even a then. single. Roseanne beat Seinfeld in every category, yeah. which is weird. But Roseanne was popular, man. Yeah, yeah. Not even a not even a single presenter from the from the TGIF family. I don't like it. Uh... Yeah, no, something sketchy about this. Although they did give uh, Robin Williams a special award for his voicing in Aladdin as the genie. That's cool. Uh, big That's movie cool. winners: Scent of a Woman. Al Pacino won for that as well. Uh, Emma Thompson won uh, for Howard's End. I've never even seen that movie. Did you watch that this year? I have not seen it. No. Um, yeah. That's it. Golden Globes. 20, cool. Next day, twenty fourth, was the fourteenth annual. Starathon, which I thought might be something big. Um, I did a little research, couldn't find a whole lot, but uh, John Ritter would host it every year. It was for uh, cerebral palsy. 
I figured there had to be some TGIF stars that were uh, answering phones. And there may have been. I just couldn't find a list of them. Here's a so I I I don't know what year this picture is from. I searched Starathon when you said that, and one of the first images is of Mark Lynn Baker uh, trying to raise money. This is oh, it's from '89. This is the '89 Starathon appearance. I feel like it stopped around like late '90s, like maybe '97-ish, because I kept typing in like 13th annual, 14th annual, 15th annual, and then like I stopped. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Him. Yeah, I think they did about 17 of them. Um, I'm guessing. I know this year they had raised the most money so far as like 27 million or something like that, which is great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, one more Absolutely. story the next day. So we got the 23rd, the 24th, and now the 25th was the 20th annual American music awards. And I'm sure at least TGIF has referenced some of these bands in here because they're pretty good about uh, getting in with like what's hot at the moment, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's not hard to, it's not hard to land on one of these. Mariah Carey, Boys to Men, Criss Cross, favorite Mike. soul R&B artist, Cross. R&B Vince new Gill. artist. Oh, wait, no, they didn't, it wasn't Vince Gill. It was somebody else that they it was on episode of. Um, you said Criss Cross. Pearl Jam was the best new artist. Oh, Criss Cross, well, Criss Cross won best new artist hip hop and best new artist R&B soul. I'm not sure Good how that man. works out, but uh, the Mac Daddy make you. They, they performed too. Did they? Did a medley, yeah, all their hits. Except I'm late for the bus. Hmm. I've heard two. Cool. I, I know two of those songs. Well, all right. Well, that's it. All I got for news. What about movies and music? What was number one in '93 this week? Nothing new. So uh, Aladdin's still number one, and then for the movies and then music, uh, still Whitney Houston. I will always love you. So a few more weeks on on that one. Uh, we do have a birthday though. Christine okay. Larkin. Happy birthday, uh, Al from Step by Step. Her birthday was the twenty fifth. So happy birthday, Christine. I'd like to have her on the show. She'd be fun to have her on the show too. She does her own podcast. Um, I think she's she's avoiding us on purpose. Yeah, her and Jaleel White just hang out and talk trash about us. And the uh, Boy Meets World crew that does their own podcast. I haven't reached out to them. I have. Uh, we'll see them soon we'll, we'll get to meet them face to face and figure out what's up they can't avoid us in person they cannot especially when we pay $70 to meet them or whatever they're going to charge you think I, I know how much the group cast picture is and if you think it's 70 bucks you're sort well, of that's mistaken. the that's the like the pro photo meet and greet thing right? yeah but that's what we should do me and you should like split because we can split that and then both of us get the picture, picture with, with the all group three of them? And, or how many of them all four of them is it four, four of them yeah and I'm, I'm going to do McFoley. everything I can to get Mick Foley in that, but I don't know what that means. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna reach out to him. This like, is what you do directly. It's gonna be easy if we want to do it. You just drag him over there, or it's, you pay for it's two. The max that you can have in a photo. Four. You can have four. We can bring four people. Yeah. yeah, Mick. Hey, we're gonna pay for this. Will you come over and take a picture with us in the Boy Meets World crew? No problem. It'll happen. Yeah. No. 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 That's that's yeah. That is definitely the. the I want to try to get something set up beforehand so that we you know so there's like oh i can't I gotta do this right now and that and i think a lot of people i think if they made that like the boy meets world photo op a lot of people would say can i not have mcfoley in this picture please uh well those people would be wrong i've already found a good t-shirt that i think i'm gonna buy to wear for the photo op you should definitely do it i don't even know what it is oh i am i, I definitely am gonna do it i am I, 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 this was something i was gonna talk to you about at some point that we need to just buy the photo op and then oh no i meant the t-shirt 
you should definitely buy the t-shirt. I don't even oh, know. Oh, I know. I'm definitely going to do I definitely going to do that too. Yeah, for sure. My be, my Boy Meets World shirt is no longer a Boy Meets World shirt. It is completely faded to a great plain <laughs> t-shirt at this point. That sucks. Still haven't thrown it away. I, I got, should, but I have not. I got to get one. I got to get one. All right. All right. Let's talk about some episodes. TGIF. We I mean, it's a short week, so we can talk a little extra in the beginning. That's fine. That is, People that like is, it sometimes. Um sometimes. We've got Family Matters, we've got Dinosaurs, we've got reruns of Step by Step and uh, Camp Wilder, so we'll just be talking about the two new episodes, this is Family Matters, at the 8 o'clock slot, season 4, episode 15, A Fault in the Dark is the name of this one. So it starts off, it starts off, we see the setting right away, we see the sign outside of the famous Chicago theater, I don't know what theater it is, but CNC Music Factory, they're playing, and uh, it's a big deal. Uh, we go right inside the theater where we see Waldo. He's an usher working there. Didn't know he had that job, but... Uh, no, neither did anybody else. Laura and Ted show up. They've got tickets to this show. Um, they go talk to Waldo. They find out that he got fired from the airport job that he had. Didn't know he worked there. Did not know he worked there. And uh, Waldo shows him to their seats. Uh, kind of does like the whole... Uh, What's he whips tra- out like air the, traffic controller the, cones? Yeah, he whips out like the electric, you know, baton light things to like wave them in. Yeah, I don't know if everyone got that treatment or just the two of them, but uh, I liked it. It was good. Um, I, I, I would like to think he did that for everybody. I would have no problem if someone did that. Like uh, last night when I went to a show, a big show, and they showed me where my seats were with, with those cones. Oh, who'd you go see last night? Two nights ago, we went to uh, Hairspray the Musical. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice. It was a good show. Surprise. Uh, actor in it as well uh one of the contestants from rupaul's drag race played the uh Uh, the mother which was kind of cool very cool very cool um let's see all right so back to this episode waldo shows in their seats um they are like second row balcony which looks pretty decent uh they're real happy though because there's like there's no way steve followed us into this that he's been following us on all of our dates but he doesn't have tickets or anything to the CNC Music Factory show, so we are finally alone. Laura and I, Ted and I, and uh, no Steve Urkel. So no, Steve is nowhere to be seen, and they're loving it. They've got a couple minutes to talk before the show starts, and uh, Ted brings up this idea: Hey, maybe I could get my cousin Myra to hook up with Steve, and then uh, he'll leave us alone. And she's like, "Well, there's no way she'll like Steve," and he's like, "I don't know." She likes nerdy guys, so that's going to be some sort of setup probably for the rest of the episode. Uh, the show starts, and as it starts, um, we see Steve come in from the back entrance, dressed up in full like Rastafarian gear. He's got his uh, fake dreads like, on, full on, like the whole everything. I don't everything. know. I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't know what the name of the uh, like blanket type shirt thing that he's wearing is he's got that it's like on. a poncho kind of thing it's like a, it is like I a mean, poncho it's, yeah it's the whole out i mean it, it is truly if you took a stereotypical like caricature of a rastafarian type you know person and put it on steve that's what you got so the outfit is so good he uh sits right behind ted and laura and then is able to completely trick ted that he is not steve urkel tells him that his car's on fire outside Ted looks at Rasta Steve, runs outside of the building, and then proceeds to take Ted's seat next to Laura. And even Laura, for at least the intro, like the the theme song, does not realize that it's Steve. It takes her a minute to realize that it's Steve. 
So yeah, we come back from the theme song. Um, Laura, I guess, realizes that it's Steve at this point. Ted gets back and uh, pretty much just tells Urkel to go home. And then the rest of the whole section of the audience tells Urkel to go home too, which I don't understand why they're upset. Because everyone, everyone's just mad at Steve. So uh, then we go right. To, he goes home. He's all sad. He goes home. Um, we go back to the Winslow's house. We see Carl getting home, and we see Judy is sad. They had to fit Judy in this episode, so they did. Um, she's a little bummed because I don't know if she was wearing or playing with or what she did with her mom. It's not like she dress. was wearing. She was wearing this sequin dress. Yeah, she got this red sequin dress. She was wearing it. She spilled something on it. She threw it in the washer. She explains to her dad that she messed up, the dress is messed up, and he's like, well, how messed up is it? And then she proceeds to dump out, like, an entire bag of red sequins, like, uh, not even connected to string or anything at this point. Very much like a deathmatch bag full of thumbtacks. That's what I thought, too. Yep. Um, but also, this was clearly in the same writing room as the step-by-step episode from a couple weeks ago. Which one? Where Al ruins Karen's dress. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the washing machine thing. Eh, yep. Kind of, I guess, yeah. Um, Let's see. So she's like, I don't want to have to tell my mom. And he's like, don't worry. We'll find a time where she's in a good mood, and I'll explain everything. She's like, oh, thank you, Dad. And then that's it. That's pretty much that's it for it. Judy. I think she's in another 30 seconds later on. Yeah, and total in the show. Um, so then Eddie gets home, and he wants to borrow 20 bucks from his dad. His dad tells him no, and he's like, well, how about 50, or 15 or 10 or something like that? And then we get this talk where Carl's like, Eddie, you need to be a little more responsible in the house. And uh, you know what this is? This is your phone bill. And it's 400 It's a $400 no, a no, quarter. No, no, no. It wasn't phone. Not bill. phone this, bill. They don't have phone call, back then. All, it was call, car insurance. Car auto insurance. That's right. Yeah. $400. Is that per quarter or is he paying a quarter of that 400 He's paying a quarter of the 400 So and is that 400 I'm, for the year, you would assume? So I'm guessing that that's probably 400 in for like a month. It might have been 400 a quarter. I feel like they no, might have said I that. think it, car insurance a month for a, sounds ridiculous. Car insurance for a teenage boy is ridiculous. And I guarantee you I, mine was not 400 a month. Remember the car he's got too. I'm going he's got, There's no way it's 400 a month. I it's definitely at, at worst it's like you said, maybe per quarter, but it's not a year. I, I think it's a, it's definitely not a year. I would not be surprised if it was 400 a month for a teenage boy and that kind of car that he has. What's 400? That, times you know, you know, with somebody who's been working in insurance that it you, you, you get a you get a uh, somebody out there, an agent out there to look at that car. And they're like, yeah, that kid's paying a, paying a lot for insurance. What is that? Forty eight hundred dollars a year. Is that my is my yeah. math right on that? That seems but that, that doesn't seems that does not even surprise me one one bit all right one bit. so he's like you gotta pay the quarter of this and he's like well that's 60 bucks which of course <laughs> it's not 60 bucks. it's 100 bucks um and we also find out i think for the first time too that eddie's got a new job apparently i i don't know about this job everyone's got jobs since the last episode uh he is now a hot dog slinger at the mighty weenie and uh he got the job to pick up chicks not to be responsible but here's the thing. I kind of I kind of struggle here with this scene because the whole thing is Carl saying you need to take responsibility, you need to do more and he's and but he he's gotten a job. Like he has a job and he even had a job before that because I don't know if you remember but he used to work at the at the grocery store. He was like a bagger at the grocery store 
at some point in the show. So but like, all he's doing with this job is just taking girls out. That's all he's spending he's, money on. He's a 16-year-old boy. Like He needs to pay his own car insurance. I agree. I mean, I'm not I'm not mad about it, but I think that Carl is not looking at the bigger picture that Eddie is is working. He's just not. He's being responsible-ish. That's fair. I'll take all that. right. So a little later, um, Steve comes over. He was at an optometrist appointment all day and he can't see anything. He's got like those. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Those blind glasses. They've been sitting on. on this joke forever. And they're like, where are we going to squeeze this in? Let's just throw it in this episode. So he comes in. He can't see anything. He's like feeling around the room trying to find Laura and like looking at plants and commenting on her new hairstyle and stuff like that. And she tells him, hey, Steve. I've got some tickets for a concert. We and then he doesn't like. He's like, "Yes, yes, I'll go with you. Oh, it's so great." <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, Ted's coming too." And he's like, "Well, three's a crowd or something like that, but uh, we'll make it happen." And she's like, "Well, actually," and Ted's bringing his cousin Myra, and she's really looking forward to meeting you, Steve. And then he's like, "Well." I'll go because you're going to be there, but just know that I'm going to be staring at you the whole time, not Myra. And she's, you're the only one I want to go out with, but, but, and then, and then, and Laura also does the whole, like, but Steve, like the real sexy suite. Uh So, so that she kind of wins them over. And it's not just any concert. It's Grammy nominated Dave Koz. This is a real guy. Yeah. Real guy. Really Grammy nominated saxophone player. Dave Koz. I never heard of him until this episode. So I, I looked him up, of course, to see who he was, but. All right. So they've got Dave Cos tickets. The four of them are going to go. So next scene, um, little, I guess this is probably a couple days later. We're at the Winslow's house. The doorbell rings. It's Steve. He's obviously there for this uh, double date going out to see Dave Cos. And uh, Laura comes down to answer the door, obviously. she's looks like she's ready to go. And then the doorbell rings again. This time, though, it is Ted and Myra. And, uh, I don't know, surprisingly, uh, this whole Myra and Steve thing looks like it's going to work out from the start. They are both, uh, completely into each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, so this is, let's, let's take a quick minute here. So this is the introduction of Myra. Myra is, goes on to become a very pivotal character. Myra Monkhouse, very pivotal character in the, you know, in this show, um, you know, played by Michelle Williams, who tragically died of cancer back in 1998. Uh, but yeah, she walks in. She's I mean, she's an attractive woman. And Steve immediately busts out some trivia on her name. She responds with some equally intelligent trivia about his name. They they kind of have some back and forth with trivia stuff. Seems like it's going to be seems like the match made in heaven. I, I don't remember this being the um, reveal of Myra, like <clears throat> her debut episode. I don't remember this episode, but uh, well, I, obviously I remember the character Myra. When she when she when they don't open that door it all, it all came back to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't remember. I didn't remember it being this early in the show. I thought it was much later in the show. Yeah, but... we'll have to see. I mean, we'll have to see wh- when she comes back again for another episode, if it's like next week or if it's like true episodes true. from now. But, um, yeah, things are looking like they're going to work out between the two of them. So, uh, next scene, uh, we are with Harriet. We're in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Harriet, Harriet's paying some bills. Harriet's got Uh, some bills to pay. Um, Carl and Harriet start having a conversation about the kids and like their responsibilities and pretty much what they come to in this agree in this uh, conversation is they agree Yes, the kids need to be responsible, but also they need to know that the two of us are there to help them whenever they need help. 
that, well that, that, yeah but the way they get there is kind of important because this whole subplot they, they got to make something out of it because what happens is is carl finds out that harriet is paying uh eddie's portion of the car insurance bill even though they just had this whole conversation and so he gives her a hard time about that and harriet's like oh yeah well you're protecting uh you're you know you're protecting judy in this whole dress thing and carl's like oh okay you got me and then that's when they kind of just say you know they they both the, the kids are need to be responsible like you said need to be responsible but they're still kids and they're still parents that are responsible for the kids next scene we're at the dave cos concert um we're there we finally made it uh it's the same venue as uh cnc music factory was in pretty much the exact same seats as well i think they're just a row forward yeah and uh we find out that dave cos's nickname is the sultan of the sensuous saxophone which i did not know did that did that show up on his wikipedia page <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't even know his name was Dave Cos until I watched the episode. Let me see. So Sultan. doesn't doesn't come up on his on his Wikipedia. No. So the next scene yeah. that we have, um, well, it's the same scene, but we go into this like part where we can hear all of the thoughts of the four kids. So like Ted and Laura and Steve and five uh, five technically Myra. Oh, and Waldo too. So um, yes. they go through really Steve and. Steve's main thoughts are like, I really like, uh, is he talking about Laura at this point or is he kind of still, he's kind of back and forth. I feel no, like. not at this point. At this point he's, he's really, he's like, Oh, this girl really likes me kind of stuff. Yeah. He, he, then, so what's, what's really happening here? What's kind of driving the head conversation is that Laura and Ted are flirting and, and, and they're kind of mental thoughts of like, I hope she doesn't see the zit, the zit on my, behind my ear. And she's like, Oh, you know, Laura's saying sweet things. And then, Urkel and Myra are seeing the way that St- that that Ted and Laura are acting, like putting their arm around each other, and that they're kind of in their heads, like saying, "Oh, I wish he would put his arm around me." Do you think I could put my arm around her? Or like, kind of wanting to think about the same things that that Ted and Laura are talking about. And then Waldo's just making up names of Ivana Trump if she married people and then got divorced. Waldo's is pretty good. He's like, "Oh, if Ivana left Trump and got with Neil Diamond, she would be Ivana Diamond." And then if she broke up with neil diamond and got with jack nichols she would be uh ivana diamond nichols and nicholas yeah and then eventually we get to the point where steve's got his arm around her she's like oh, i really like this guy and the two of them have their first kiss right there at the uh, dave Vaz concert right there no 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 objections from myra at all this is not this is the anti-Laura. Yeah, this is not, I'm going to sneak one on you when you're sleeping in the middle of your living room. Yes. <laughs> I'm going uh, to drug you when you're not Well aware, me. non-roofied. Um, then Steve says, stop the music. <laughs> you have to understand, he stands up and yells at the top of his lungs, stop the music in this, this whole venue. And this venue probably is comparable to the venue that you were in mm-hmm. a couple days ago. And if somebody <laughs> stood up and started screaming, stop the music, stop the music, it would get people's attention. There were some people that shouted things out in the middle of the show that I went to the other day. No one stopped, yeah. but uh, everyone definitely turned around. Yeah. So Steve yells, I'm guilty of emotional adultery. And he starts going through this whole speech monologue about how he's with this girl. She's great. She's everything that he might ever want. But there is still the love of his life in the picture of Laura Winslow. And he has committed his life to being with Laura. And nothing is going to change. Well, the only thing that might change is instead of doing what I've been doing, 
I'm going to do double what I was doing to make sure that I get with Laura at some point. And then while this is all going on, the Dave Koz comes up to the balcony while Steve is giving this speech and starts playing like a saxophone soundtrack to the speech as he's giving it. Well, first he t- tries to get him to stop, and Urkel's like, "No, I'm I'm not done." And then yeah, he's he's playing the background music to Urkel's Urkel's heartfelt speech. Yeah, and like as this is going on, you gotta feel real bad for Myra because she's sitting there. She thinks that she's got this guy that likes her and she likes him, <laughs> and then Steve is just giving this entire speech. And I mean, I don't know what I would think if I was her, but she's obviously confused, and uh, Laura's trying to jump off the balcony at this whole point so it's not everybody going. except steve is in a bad spot here everybody well not everybody because the rest of the audience gets a uh a close-up dave vaz concert now that's if true you're up, if you're got, up in the balcony and i was just impressed because i you know i didn't know who again didn't know who dave cause was and then oh, he Kaz. shows up is that his name with a k Kaz with, with a k yeah and then he shows up on the balcony and i'm like oh this is a real person he's not he's in the episode i still I'm didn't like, think he was a real person when he came up there i'm like oh there's just some saxophone guy um, but yeah, that's how the episode ends off. Like it ends with all of them kind of just. Well, and also du- Urkel doubles down. He's like, I am committing more so to yeah. pursuing Laura. He says, I'm going to double my efforts to get her. Yeah. So that's where the episode ends. We do get a credit scene, but it ends with Myra being confused. Steve saying that he doesn't really care about Myra right now. He only cares about Laura. Laura being like, I want to jump off this balcony because I don't want anything to do with you, Steve. And Ted, I mean, I would assume being like, I'm going to kick this guy's ass. Like, why is he trying to get with my girl still after I do all of this for him? But that's where yeah, it leaves. Yeah. We do get a credit scene, though. And, it's, and the credit scene, I, I hesitate to say that's where the episode ends because you're it's right. It's important. That, that this is, is like, important for sure. The, the, the credit scene is very critical to the entire to the entire story. Yep. So it's another scene of when we can hear everyone's thoughts. So... Ted and Laura and Steve and Myra and Waldo eventually. And the main, I think the important part is Myra's thoughts on this scene. Yes, absolutely. Where we hear her saying, I really like this guy. I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that he's mine. She goes into Steve mode. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. I think I don't know when it kicks back in, but I'm excited to see everything, how it leads up to the net. So this, this relationship that we've got. Uh, yeah, I don't know where, I don't know how soon, again, we see her, like you said, but I do know that this episode cha- fundamentally changes the dynamic of Family Matters. Like, the introduction of Myra is a huge deal on that this show moving forward. Um, so it'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, and then we do get Wado's thoughts one more time where he adds uh, one more uh one more ex-husband for Ivana Trump where she then becomes Ivana Diamond Necklace Darling darling yeah all right so that's family matters uh we then go into dinosaurs because like we said step by step is in reruns this week season three episode 13 the name of this episode is green card and uh it starts off with um fran feeding baby breakfast Uh, roy comes over at this point and he makes some comments about how he likes to come over to see what it's like to like have a family and stuff because he's a single guy and this kind of like i don't know he likes it uh, yeah, he just likes to see kind of like what parents are doing, what that's like. Having a kid without having a kid kind of stuff. Uh, baby ends up throwing his what looks like oatmeal all over Roy. And then uh, Monica comes over. And Roy, I, I think we've kind of seen this in past episodes. Like Roy likes Monica. He's got like, oh, yeah. a little crush on her. and he's uh, always, He always goes like kind of 
speechless, like dumb when she's around. Yeah, and uh, I feel like it's even more this episode. But uh, Earl comes in at this point too, calls uh, Monica a negative left wing wacko. And uh, Roy tells Earl that uh, Monica had just told him that a whole bunch of her friends are losing their jobs. And he's a little worried about it. And Earl's like, we have nothing to worry about. We're tree pushers. This is a job that is a recession. Um, what does he say? Um, recession. It's a recession proof rece- job. Yep. And Monica's the, the other the big like the big driver of this here is that Monica's like the economy is in a bad spot. People are losing their jobs. Things are things are not looking good. And when Earl's giving this whole speech about how, you know, he's like, well, the government tells us that everything is fine. Everything is great. There's nothing to worry about. You're like you said, you're just a left wing, you know, whatever. Um and yeah, and then Earl goes into saying, we, I have nothing to worry about. I'm a tree pusher, recession proof. I'm not going to lose my job. Next scene, cuts to Ridgefield's office. Everyone's fired. <laughs> Everyone's fired. Uh, I think that's probably where the theme song kicks in, right? It like is. Right after yep. that. Theme, yeah. Then we get theme song. Yeah. So we come back. We're back to Ridgefield's office. And um, he tells them, uh, well, you guys don't have jobs anymore. Look out the window. There's no more trees to push. And... Uh, this is when they get into the reasoning why this all happens, and they decide to blame all those four-legged dinosaurs. All the four-leggers are the reasons this is happening. Yeah, yeah, because everyone's like, well, didn't the company plan for this? And the company realizes this is going to happen, and and uh, Richfield has this whole, like, here's a pamphlet from the government that explains that it's not anyone's fault except for, like you said, the four-leggers. It's very uh, Animal Farm, very... Uh... I mean, I guess after South Park, they took our jobs episode. Very, I mean, it's American also culture. very 2023. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. It's very uh, America. I mean, very, you know, ever since the beginning of yeah, time. Literally nothing has changed from then to now. 60 million and before years that as well. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the uh, then they go. They go back TV, to the house, right? And, yeah, yeah. DNN is on, and the uh, the great elder. I think that's what he's called. The great elder, basically the president, uh, is on the TV. And Blaming the four leggers for everything. He specifically calls out the four leggers. He says it's all the fault of the four leggers. They're coming over from the other side of the swamp, and it's all their fault. They 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 take up more space on the roads, and they you know they make it just they eat more stuff. It's like all the bad stuff the four leggers do. Baby chimes in, says he wants four legs, and Earl tells him that no, he does not say that. He what doesn't? he says is. What he says is, but I have four legs. And Earl's like, no, you have two legs. And he's like, but I walk on all four of them. And and that's when, yeah, there's just Carl's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what to say. He says something like, you're too young to understand race hatred or something at this point. <laughs> he does say that. That's right. He very specifically says that. That He's like, yeah, you're too young to understand race hatred. So Fran comes in and says that uh, she could use a little help around the house because uh, Earl doesn't have a job anymore. He's just sitting around watching TV and he's like, uh, what does he say? Something like I'm too busy, or something? I don't know. He's he's not helping around the house, and she's upset about it, and ends up blaming blaming the four leggers once again for him not working in the house. Right. Doorbell rings. Um, Fran goes and answers it while Earl continues to watch TV. Guy comes in. It's the repo man. He take and he's taking uh he's taking Earl's car because obviously yeah. Earl doesn't have any money because he's not working and he doesn't have a job and he's not paying his bills. So they're taking his car. And uh, Earl's like, just don't take the TV. And the guy says some some joke here. Like, the government says we can't take TVs because they're too important to give you well, all this you information can, they, or something. Right. They can't take the TV because the TV is basically what they use to indoctrinate 
people with what making them think what they want to think. And then you hear Roy in the den. Roy's like, hey, Earl, come check out these new shows. And the shows are all like living on love, sticking together, silver linings, rose colored glasses. Like they are they're all upbeat, happy shows that imply that nothing, nothing is wrong. Uh, Monica comes over and tells Fran that uh, all of her four legger friends have been fired. They fired all of them. Including her, including her, including her. Um, we go back to the TV where we see the news story that all four leggers must leave the swamp, go back to their side uh, within the next 24 hours. Unless you've got two conditions. You're either married to a two legger or you get those other two legs surgically removed. Well, so here's the thing. Let me ask you this question, because what do you, so they're specifically calling out four leggers and the uh-huh. the the. the News does not say that you have to get two legs removed. It just says you have to get the proper surgery. Do you think if you just got one leg removed and went down to three legs that you would, you would, Hmm. you know, suffice with the rules? You wouldn't be a two legger, but you wouldn't be a four legger. Well, it doesn't say only two leggers. It just says all four four leggers have to leave. Is that what you would do? Three. No, I wouldn't do that. I don't know what I would do, but I wouldn't get my legs removed. Just one leg. No, no, No. I wouldn't do that. Okay. Um, Charlene suggests uh, maybe Monica should marry a two-legger and then Roy comes in and says I'll marry you Monica and she's like Ugh, I don't want to do that and he's like well it's not going to be like they, they kind of eventually come up to agreement that it's not a real marriage it's just to keep her there <laughs> This seems good though, because basically, so Roy offers her, and he's very sweet about it. He's very, it's very much a, a sweet offer from Roy. And Earl's like, that is disgusting. It's disgusting that you would even think of that. And Monica's like, I don't love you. <laughs> and and that's when Roy is like, do you like me at least a little bit? And she's like, yeah, maybe yeah I guess. And so Fran kind of talks her into saying, look, everyone gets it. You know, it's better than you having to go back to your side, to the other side of the swamp. And eventually they come to the agreement. They're going to get married. Yep. So I was like, we're not friends anymore. Never talking to you again. Yep. So the next scene is them actually getting married in the Sinclair house. They're in the kitchen. Earl doesn't even get up from the TV. He continues to watch TV during the, the TV entire ceremony. in the kitchen, the TV in the kitchen, not even the TV in the den, the TV. In, he's not even in the room. Oh, I thought they I thought they were getting married in the kitchen and he was in the living room watching TV. Is the no, I'm pretty sure they're yeah, they're in the den and he's in the kitchen. Okay. Um, Roy gives his vows. I think uh, they're pretty standard. I didn't pay too much attention to uh, Monica's for some reason. Did did she kind of just say the same thing back? They, or? I think there were some jokes in there about like not really being physical to each other and being respectful of space and things like that. And then of course the kiss. Yep. Uh, two of them are married. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're married. So the next scene is them uh, getting moved into. Uh, Wait, is that next or is that no? Yeah, no. The, the next one, so they they go to to Roy's apartment, which was confusing. <laughs> I don't understand why Monica's house is off limits. I mean, it said that you either abandon it or you get married. She got married. Why not just bring Roy to her house, which is, I imagine, much bigger. It seems like but, she uh, lost her house when she says that's. Yeah, that's what they imply, but it didn't seem to fit into the rules of the of of the episode. But it doesn't matter. Whatever. So they're at Roy's. Roy's got this like bachelor pad with a weight bench and you know a TV, a couch, small bed. Monica, like when she's at the Sinclair's house, just tucks her head into the window and that's her being over there. I wonder what (laughs) her house is like. Is she all the way inside her house? That's what I'm wondering. I wonder if she has like a giant volcano that she lives in where she it's funny because she says to Roy, she's like, is it okay if I stand here? And he's like, well, you're going to have to move on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when they do street cleaning (laughs) Uh, because she's just standing 
in the street. And but then, then they make like sleeping the arrangements and she's like, he's like, you can sleep on the bed and I'll sleep on the table or the floor or something. She's like, why not the couch? And he's like, oh my goodness, I never thought about the couch. Great idea. But I mean, like, how is she actually taking up any room on that bed? Just like setting her chin on it or something? Well, I mean, she lays her head on the bed. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's more of like them not sleeping in the same yeah, bed. Yeah, because there's plenty to... of room for Roy to sleep on that bed and her, yeah. to, her to rest her head on a corner or something. Yeah, I think it's more of a it's more of a not sleeping in the same bed thing. Um. So oh, the funny thing I said, I thought this was I just want to say I thought it was hilarious that he does have a bench press in his apartment because he's a tiny arms. Rex and he has little tiny arms. There's no way he could actually use the bench press. <laughs> Um, but they once again remind each other this is just temporary until Monica gets her house back and then this whole relationship is over at that point. Yes. So uh, then we go back to uh, Ridgefield's office where we find out that a four-legger wall is being built right across the swamp. We're going to keep all the four-leggers out of here. We'll build a giant wall. And when you say right right across the swamp, what you really mean is right on top of the swamp. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so literally on top of across the swamp, they're building a brand new big old concrete wall to keep the four leggers out, and uh, they're bringing everyone back to have their old jobs back. To uh, all the tree pushers are now going to be building this wall, except for Roy, who they don't want to help because he's in a relationship with a four legger now. Yeah, they're like you're a traitor. We can't trust you. No you're way, an dude. Enemy sympathizer, and uh, eventually though, Earl looks at Roy. And says, we need a Ridgefield needs to consider getting him his job back. Yes. Uh, back to the TV news alert. Several workers drown on the first day of construction of this <laughs> brand new wall. Uh, somehow building a wall on top of a swamp was not a good idea. And we find out, though, that there were some four leggers that actually helped save the drowning two leggers. So you would think, oh, these guys aren't so bad, but. I don't even think they they look at it that way. Well, I would disagree because I think that that's what the Sinclair the, House looks at it that way, but I don't think the news looks at it that way. Oh no, no, the news like glosses over it like it's a non non part of the story. Yep. So Earl gets home from work and he's Earl, covered in like seaweed and and swamp grass. Yeah, he might have been one of the ones that the uh, four leggers saved, and uh, well, he says he was. He was. He says that he. Yeah, he says that he was. He was saved by a four legger. Uh, Earl agrees with Robbie that uh, the government is wrong and uh, the four-leggers are not bad. And Fran says that uh, the four-leggers can't be the problem. It's got to be the government. And Earl says that she might be right. She might be. She's on something. At this point, uh, Roy and Monica show up. They're there to check on Earl. They saw the news uh, report. They want to make sure that he's okay. And... uh, at first, it seems like they might be kicking them out of the house, but Earl's like, you guys should stay for dinner. I, I apologize, Monica. I shouldn't have said those mean things to you about uh, having four legs or whatever. And uh, they stay for dinner. I mean, it looks like they're going to keep their friends, even though they're really not supposed to, according to uh, the government right now. The government doesn't mind that they keep the friends because they're meeting. Monica's meeting all the things she's supposed to do, I guess. It's just well, the social not, stig- Oh, yeah, the she's married, stigma. too. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another news alert. Uh, four-legger laws are being reversed. Uh, they are now all allowed again. What was the change? Is it the... The change was so that the, 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 the public the sentiment... 
yeah, the public sentiment had changed because the, the I think the public saw the four leggers were involved with this whole wall saving thing. And so they had a, they have a graph, they have like a poll on the, on the DNN TV. And, and initially it's like 98% of people blame four leggers, 2% blame the government. And then they're like at new polls or, you know, everything switches. So the government was like being blamed 98% and the, the four leggers were only being blamed by like 2%. And so that's why they said we're going to get rid of the four-legger laws and um, and move on from that. Yep. So and then we know because of this, the uh, the Monica Roy marriage is now over. And Roy says, Roy very you know very kindly says, you know, now that this you know we don't have to be married anymore. Um, it's like you think you might you think you might want to go out with me to a movie at some point, and she's like, sure, I'd like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? Maybe we will have a relationship between the two of them at some point later in the show. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, one more news alert to end off the episode. Blame amphibians. They're the problem. They breathe <laughs> from underwater. The <laughs> from the president. Blame amphibians. Earl turns off the Make TV. Make up your mind. Yeah. He... Make up your mind. Do you breathe water or do you breathe air? He turns off the TV and then uh, says, let's have some dinner with our friends. And that's the end of the yeah. episode. Yeah. So a couple good ones. Uh, I liked them both. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I, I will go ahead and rank. I, I do say Family Matters is the better of the two. I mean, it's more uh, of a pivotal episode. Like you said, the show's going to change. Yes. We have a brand new character. Uh, we got a huge cameo from Dave Kaz or Vaz or whatever his name is. So Kaz. Kaz his name is Kaz with a K. Kaz. He's Grammy nominated or winning? Nominated. No, the Sultan Mult- of the I mean, sensuous. a lot, though. Like, dude's got like seven not Grammy well, nominated. Well, I mean, it's him or Kenny G. You only have two choices. Yeah, I guess best pop instrumental performance. There's not a lot of options, but yeah, one, two, three, four, six. Last one, last nomination was in 2008. So and he lost everyone. Yeah, he lost. Yeah, everyone. Of course he did, because Kenny G. Um, yeah. So let's family matters is one. I want to see now. I want to see who he lost to. Let's see. Yanni and Kenny G. And the uh, three tenors or something. They sing, don't they? This is instrumental. Uh, best instrumental. God, there's a lot of instrumental. Hold on, now, now I gotta, I gotta see what this best pop instrumental album. I can't Hold name on. any other pop instrumental albums. Any more? All right. Uh, so the first year was two. No, the first year was two thousand one. So he lost to. Wait, so he wasn't even Grammy nominated back in ninety three. Like they brought this there guy wasn't knowing a that there like... wasn't a category. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So he was up against Acoustic Alchemy. Neil Schoen and Kirk Wallum, and he lost. Uh, oh, and then he lost to uh, Larry Carlton and Steve Lukather. Oh, What's this guy's name uh, again? Dave Cos. Dave Cos. Yeah, I'm trying to see. So he did lose. He lost to various artists in 2005. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, he lost to. Oh, he lost to the Beastie Boys in 2008. They had an instrumental album. Uh, evidently, the mix up. Okay. But I also think it, it's yeah instrumental album. So yeah, so he lost to the Beastie Boys. Uh, what are the other ones I see? Oh, Booker T, Booker T. Jones in 2012. The wrestler? No, not the wrestler. Different Booker he, T. Booker T. Jones. Oh. Um, let's see. He lost to Chris Body in 2013. Man, his his Wikipedia page needs to be updated because it doesn't it doesn't have any of these 20 teens in here. It's only got up to 2008. And then it jumps. Oh, no, here they are. Here they are. I see what they've done. I thought normally I feel like the charts are grouped by award type, but this chart is 
as grouped by dinosaurs at two by year family matters at one thanks for listening this is not a dave Cos podcast unless you wanted to be you want a dave Cos podcast no he did win the best oh contemporary God. jazz artist group can't uh, handle it so at the soul train music awards the sultan of the sensuous saxophone anyways i agree uh dinosaurs at two family matters at one <sighs> next week Next week Full on the week. show. What do we got going Full on? week. Full week. Family Matters, season four, episode 15. I'm going to say the name of this episode just because it's getting kind of mixed up. So Tender Kisses is the name of the episode. Step by Step, season two, episode 16. Dinosaurs, season three, episode 14. Camp Wilder, season one, episode 16. Thanks to Tazos for the theme song once again this week. Yes, sir. Thank you. Send yours into TGIFcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all social media at TGIFcast. Uh, we've got some stuff coming up this summer, so make sure you're on top of it. Get your tickets, that kind of thing. We will keep you updated. Absolutely. Absolutely. GalaxyCon Richmond, hopefully AwesomeCon DC. Those are the two that are on the radar for right now. Yep. Um... Got some episodes. They to made watch. some more big. They made some more big announcements for Galaxy. I don't know. Like I feel like everybody's coming to GalaxyCon. GalaxyCon looks huge. It's ridiculous. It's 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 crazy. All the people. That I wonder if they just Galaxy know Con. that half of them are going to cancel the week of. So they're like, let's book double the. Amount. It's not that far away. It's only like two months away. So I mean, I know. And like you said, a lot of times the week of. cancellations come in the week of. But still, like they just keep announcing people, and I'm like, where, where, where are you going to put all these people? Like the Corey Feldman line is just going to run into the McFoley line. What are they going to do? I cannot. I so hope he performs. I so hope he. Have performs. you been messaging him and stuff, like reminding? No, him but I've that- noticed that his other some of his other performances are at con. So I'm hoping it's just kind of something he does. Um, but yeah, they just they just announced uh, Nana Visitor from from Deep Space Nine. That's a pretty good one. And then the dude from uh, Wyatt or Doc Holiday from Wyatt Earp. They announced. They announced a lot of good people. John Cleese. I don't know if we've talked about that, but John we Cleese did. Yeah, one. yeah, that's a big one. Um, the woman who does the voice of Ash Ketchum, like she's I think been that's there a cool. few times. Yeah, she has, but it's still cool. And they 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 had a bunch of new wrestlers. They had uh, what Lex Luger. Not that I'm excited about that, but uh, and then uh, Ron Simmons. They you, think, you think he murdered Miss Elizabeth? I think it's I think it's definitely up for debate. Um, yeah, they just they just keep announcing people. All right, so stay on top of that. We'll keep you updated. We'll let you know when, where, we'll be, what night, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah. lots of stuff between now and then, so uh, we'll we'll keep bringing it to you. Absolutely. All right, Steve. Have a good week. You got it, dude. It's Friday night, and the moon is right. We're going to have some fun. Show you how it's done, DJI. TBA Podcast.